Christmas and happy late Hanukkah and other holidays as well. That we're Boxing not. Day, Kwanzaa, whatever else there is. Happy holidays. Um, last night we were playing Christmas songs and the um, Drummer Boy by Justin Bieber. If you know my Vlogmas videos, you know this yes, well. Yes, we know this. <laughs> Rum, pum, 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 pum. Yes, we are listening to that. <laughs> the best part of it is at the end of Buster Rhymes' like, rap interlude, he ends it with, Merry Christmas. Oh my god, no, I can't. Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> I was trying to like think ahead because it happens really fast. Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, and Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> like, all of them at once. It was just, we love the inclusiveness that he really strived for there. But happy holidays, everyone. We are posting this the week of Christmas. If you do celebrate as we do, we wanted to do an episode that was just lighthearted, feel good. I mean, most people are like, you know, taking time off or spending time with family or just like out of their normal routine. So we just not listening to silly podcasts on the Internet. But, you know, here we are. But here, if you if you're hearing this, you're a real one. So we are very excited to just chill out with you. We're both in pajamas. Not that that's abnormal for us recording. (laughs) <laughs> no, we never really look nice when we're recording because it's like, who's going to see this except each other? So we're both yeah, like slumming it in matter. jammies. But we are very excited to share some really heartwarming stories with you guys. Just uplifting, like kindness, generosity, you know, not random acts of kindness, but just like, you know, the holidays are a time when people kind of show up for others in other ways that they may they might not usually, you know, like people are more you know, giving and volunteering and just thinking of other people, I think, during the holidays. And I think also some of my favorite holiday stories are the ones that like are a little bit unexplainable. And it's like, regardless of what you believe in, if it's, you know, God or the universe or coincidence or fate or whatever, whatever it is for you. But like, I was just reading a story this morning about this family that was, they had some bikes on layaway and they needed $14 and this was, you know, many years ago and they needed by many, I mean like the 50s. They needed $14.50 to be able to purchase them in time. And then they happened to empty their penny jar in the attic and it had exactly $14.50 in pennies. So they were able to use it to buy the bikes. And I was like, I I don't know. I love little miracle. Yeah. I love little stories like that because it's like, maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's not, but it's like, it's like you can't explain it, but it's just it makes it's you just feel a fuzzy holiday. It make, yeah, it makes you feel that kind of fuzzy, like oh, it all worked out, mm-hmm. yay, holidays. You know what? That just made me think of is that. Did you ever watch the like Mickey's holiday yes. special or whatever, where they had the three stories? I actually watched this so many times as a mm-hmm. kid that I haven't basically memorized. But that just reminds me of like when Mickey and Minnie are shopping for each other, and they like don't have a lot of money, and so they really, really want to get the other one, like the perfect gift and so oh i forget exactly what it was but it was something like mickey had a watch of some sort yeah and minnie wanted to get him like a nice chain for the watch and minnie had i don't remember what she had but basically it was some or a necklace or something and he wanted to get her like a, a chain new, yeah yeah something it's based on it's based on a famous christmas story called the gift of the magi oh, by, really? o, by o henry and oh, they made a uh, i didn't know that Yeah, so how the original story goes is uh, the woman had this beautiful long hair, like gorgeous long hair, and the man had a watch. And so the man, she sold, she cut off all her hair and sold it so that she could buy him a gold chain for his watch. And he sold his watch so that he could buy her a beautiful like tortoise shell comb for her hair. And so in selling the other thing, but it, it was a story of sort of like the price pricelessness of love that they would give away their most prized possession for the other person right, right. um and that's exactly what happens in the mickey, in mickey and Minnie. yeah they <laughs> i think a lot of people probably know it as like oh yeah this mickey and Minnie cartoon but yeah, it is, i didn't yeah, know the it, real story that's so yeah it was cute. it's a traditional traditional christmas story kind of up there with like i wouldn't say as famous as like a christmas carol but i think it was written around the same time if i'm not mistaken it's definitely old timey mm, um, i could see that but yeah so it's just kind of that same spirit that same like People are just, you know, want to help out others in a different kind of way. It's just like that holiday magic. If you buy into that, you know, it's just random acts of kindness. I don't know. I think it's cute to hear these stories and just remind you of the goodness in the world. And especially this time of year, I thought this would be a Mm -hmm. really fun, you know, way to celebrate the holiday. I think last year we did an episode just talking about like our holiday traditions growing up or something but we wanted to do something to kind of like share other stories and lift you guys up who are listening because that's what we need in this time of year and just like 
I think it's good to hear stories of random acts of kindness because it kind of inspires you to maybe like go out of your way and do small things for other people. Because also I think it shows how an act might be small but might have a bigger impact, you know, Mm -hmm. and just like hearing that and hearing someone else's side of it. Um, just, it's very inspiring. So that's what we're going to read today. We got some stories from y'all on Instagram. We got some stories from the internet. We got some, I don't know what else in between, but we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> course. something for you guys. And some wild stories from the tree lot. As you guys know, you love Most those. Most importantly, um, yes. What I wanted to say piggybacking on that though, about, um, you know, acts of kindness inspiring others is, uh, this is another thing I was reading or listening to on one of my master classes. As you know, I love all the personal growth master classes. But mm-hmm. it was talking about the invisible web of kindness and how it, it it spreads in an invisible web that you can't see and you can't mm-hmm. necessarily see the effects of what you do. And, and it doesn't just stop at the immediate gratification. Say you do something good for somebody and you don't get that immediate you know, gratification back. Like say you, you know you buy someone their coffee and they don't say thank you or say you do, you know, you put, you help an old lady cross the street and then she's rude to you. Like, you know, you, I'm saying like, you don't get the immediate, like, Oh wow, that was so nice. That makes me feel good. But it can reach out beyond that in ways you can never see. They actually did a, a study of it. So these five people went out to dinner and then they had one person in the group tip significantly higher than like average. And what they studied is then when the next four people went out to eat and they they did it in a way so that, you know, the other people at the table could kind of like see what everyone was tipping. And then when the next four people went out to eat, they all tipped higher than they did the first time because they had like seen that person tip a little bit higher. And I guess it's just like that's an example of that. Like sometimes you don't see what the effects of generosity can do you know, yeah. under the surface. So it's like the concept of paying it forward instead of paying it back. You know, did you watch that movie? I think it's called pay it forward or no. I think we talked about this literally last year and then I never on the first episode. Oh my God, it. Sierra, you know, you need to watch I it. Know, okay. I cried. It is such a good movie. I haven't actually seen it since high school, but is I, it on, I should rewatch is it, on it too. Netflix? I we should do a Netflix party and watch it. Pay it cute. forward. I'm Googling it right I now. I think it's with like Macaulay Culkin or something or some kid that looks like Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Maybe I just have Home Alone on the brain. But basically... Haley Joe Osment? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like the kid from Sixth Sense. And you've definitely seen him before. You see him... Um, there's no sign of recognition on your face. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm Googling right now. I'm, I'm not on this call. I'm, I'm looking at where um, I can watch this movie. I think Haley Joe Osment is related to Emily Osment. Yes, um, I believe yeah. so. He Did looks like the her. Same face, yeah. Um, it's on Amazon Prime Video for $2.99 to rent it. So maybe I'll okay. do that later. Yeah, it's we should do. We should Apple watch TV. it together and have a chat. That would be cute. We'll see. If Wait, yeah, you join. can do that on Amazon Prime, can't yeah, you? Yeah, you can do it with any. I think if with the Netflix Party extension, you can do it on any browser, or you can because we watched um that weird girl on the yes that was on Amazon the amount Prime. of tv shows that you me and sophie watched during the pandemic like i sometimes forget so we watched wilds we watched outlander. All, f- all five seasons of outlander <laughs> mostly we, together too like we did yeah, yeah yeah and then we we watched um we were on a roll for a while oh we watched oh, uh we watched the, the beginning of wandavision and we never finished it and then we also watched the whole first season of um the blonde girl and and, and the beachy guy they're in poor what? people rich people in South Carolina, what is the name of this show? I have no idea what you're talking about. Outer did Banks. I watch that with you? Outer Banks. Oh, we didn't watch that together, though. Yeah, we did. The first season? No, we didn't. We totally did. No, I watched that in like 24 hours, and then I forced you guys to watch it after a lot of convincing, and then you watched it on your own. What? Did I watch it with Sophie then? Maybe, but I definitely watched it before you. Okay, but anyway, well, ne- that never was a mind. group effort to get you to watch it so I could see how you okay. might get confused. I think there was one other show that we watched. Probably, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I know. I'm just, a lot of shows. I'm just trying to remember because like, I watched more TV with you guys during that period than I think I've watched in my life. Like In we, any other year long. I mean, what else, when else, are you, what else are you going to do during COVID? Start a podcast? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only the crazy folks. But yes, anyway, we'll have to watch that. But back to what we were saying. The invisible tangent. web of kindness. Yes. Yes. But the whole concept of pay it for it. I mean, this is a spoiler but essentially it's about that entire concept that it's like you do one act of kindness and instead of trying to pay it back to that person like saying thank you to the person that bought your coffee or paying them back directly then instead you it's the whole like concept of the starbucks drive-through effect where you pay for the Mm -hmm. person behind you 
instead of trying pay back trying to pay back the person who did that initial kindness because then it keeps the dominoes going and keeps inspiring other people to do those acts of kindness yeah so i think that this kind of thing or like hearing people's stories alone could have that effect and it definitely i'm sure will inspire me to want to go and do more things and even just like the the web of things like you said even if you're not the direct recipient of that like extra tip or something like that but like it might lift your mood and then you're smiling because you got this big tip and then it makes some kid that you walk past like happier because they see Mm -hmm. you just like giddy and smiling and makes them wonder like oh i wonder what was good about their day like that made my day you know what i mean just like the little tiny butterfly effects that come from it have so much power and i think it's really important to try ow i think it's really important to try to kind of like emulate that throughout life and not just the holidays but the holidays are a time where it's like amplified so we can get inspiration from the holiday stories did you watch the movie klaus the new netflix animated chris i mean it came out last year no you've got to watch it christy it is i think my top three christmas movies ever it is it's so original like it's not i've never heard of it it's not a rinse repeat of a of a classic story story. it's like it's a really unique twist on a holiday movie and it is so it's only an hour and a half and it literally it makes me cry and it just it makes you feel so good about like the character development of you know young people it's about a super entitled brat teenager or like young man that essentially gets uh, he gets a uh no who is that <laughs> i don't know but he's wearing a hat no it's the main guy um or maybe that is him maybe it's just that was a blurry photo anyway he's a postman and he gets a punishment for being a brat essentially and his punishment is that he gets sent he's a postman as a kid well he no he's not a kid i mean he's like maybe 22 like he's he's a young oh, okay, okay. man um but he acts like a kid because he's a brat so he gets sent to this town at the like the furthest northernmost town in like scandinavia and mm-hmm. it's his punishment. And this town is famous for being the meanest, most spiteful town in the world. Oh, and okay. it's there's a huge feud that happens between two clans in this town. And it's essentially how his goal at first is to, you know, make his quota of letters so he can get out of this town. But mm-hmm. then one thing leads to another. And then he realizes that he could make a lasting change. And then it integrates creatively the story of Santa Claus. Um huh. and how it factors into Klaus. him. Klaus. Klaus. Yeah, it's 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 I it's it's really, really interesting and it's so feel good. And that is another perfect example of a movie that talks about the um the pay it forward thing. It's like actually the perfect example now that I'm thinking about it, but especially like how it affects children and how it can, you know, change all culture just mm-hmm. because of, you know, that pay it forward concept um yeah and and i think kids especially like have i don't know not like a special power to it but i feel like they're more in not impacted but like i don't know that's the whole concept in pay it forward too it's like the kid who started it like he is a kid and he like Mm -hmm. sees that need for it and i feel like because adults can be more jaded or just like caught up in their daily routines and responsibilities and all of that like kids have this you know literal childlike look on the world and like wanting to make people you know happy in some way you know i feel like it makes a difference so that'd be interesting to i'm excited to watch it okay i'll add it to my list yeah um, no really i like i'll i'll watch we'll watch pay it forward and then if you want to watch klaus on netflix party like i'll watch it with you again because i okay. like it that much and it's, give it's, me your commentary yeah it's so <laughs> cute i really love it since um, you know that i'd be on my phone half the time and you'd have to be like pay attention to this part. well this one you're not allowed to like i'm literally gonna not allow you to, you have to put your phone in the other room you gotta give okay. full attention sounds good it's if you get like, distracted, you could just chat me. I know it has a little chat box feature. I think it's just because I'm not good at watching things. Like, I'm really good at listening to things like podcasts or if I'm, like, listening to YouTube videos while I'm doing something in my apartment. But I'm not good at just, like, sitting down and staring at a screen, like a movie, which I know is bad. But the whole but point I is that le- you're not staring at a screen. You're watching a story unfold. I know, but I just like listening for some reason. I don't know what it is. But it's, like, I need to be – if I'm, like, watching a movie, I'll be not, like – my brain is distracted when I'm on my phone, but I'll be like playing a game on my phone because I like to just listen to them. You know what I'm saying? Does anyone else? Not this? really. I mean, maybe what you <laughs> you're mean also is something one of those people that gets sucked into things that you're watching. And I just, well, yeah, because I like focusing on stuff. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> can't relate. 
<laughs> maybe you need something to do with your hands. Maybe you need like yes, knit, no, knitting, it is, it is. like knitting. Because if you had like knitting or something, no, that's then true. Then you're not um, looking at a screen that's distracting you, but you're just doing yeah. a mindless task that keeps you busy while right. you're watching. Maybe, or you need like a like a what do you call it? Like one fidget of those center. fidget puzzles or like a Rubik's cube, just like something to do with or your like hands. the thing that I'm literally playing with right now. You've done that about. since I've known you. Christy has a like a gummy keyboard or what do you call it? Like a gel? Gummy. No, it's, it's like a, a keyboard cover. Yeah, like a gel, like stretchy keyboard cover. And ever since I've known Christy, whenever she's sitting idly or like we're talking or anytime, like in the <laughs> dining room table in our college house she was fiddling like fidgeting with that gummy keyboard i'm just one of those kids who like is i'm not like attention deficit disorder kind of i mean person, maybe you are like, i mean maybe I am. <laughs> yeah, uh, like you're there's nothing wrong with that like it's entirely possible like you you don't focus super easily on things i feel like yeah no i do but just not movies or like yeah i just need to be like fidgeting with something most of the time I That's feel like that point. is or a I'll, like, side of my hair. ADD. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Who knows? So another fun thing, you guys, we're doing Book Club 2.0. You remember when we read The Defining Decade for Book Club 1.0? We loved it. It was such success. You guys were amazing. So many of you read the book. And now we want to do another book club episode in the upcoming weeks. So now we are announcing that we will be reading The Four Agreements. And he hasn't. But it's a short read. And it's an inexpensive book and it's great. And there's a lot to discuss there. And it's all about personal growth and sort of like freeing yourself of societal stigma and judgment and like not caring what people think about you. It's all about sort of that advancement of your your better self. And um, it's kind of right on brand for us. So a black book club. Yeah. If you've already read it, great. You can just join in or feel free to read it again. Or if you haven't got it, you can get it. At, I think it's a Barnes and Noble or like it's at every bookstore. I mean, it's very popular. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, The Four Agreements and it is by Miguel Ruiz. What is, uh, I know he's got more in his name than that. Don Miguel Ruiz. That's what it is. Don Miguel Ruiz. So pick it up read along with us it'll be great we're gonna do this like a quicker timeline of this book club so you have the next two weeks when you're listening to this i think and early january we are going to do our book club recap episode i think this will be honestly a great timing especially going into the new year as you're like setting intentions like keeping in mind the things and lessons that might help you out in this book i think will be great and we can try and implement them in our 2022 goals and all of that and i'm just really excited i think it'll be really fun to read a book with you guys and hear your thoughts and i just love shebang it's a five dollars and 77 cents at target so that's amazing i'm going to target today maybe i'll pick it up yeah not not an expensive book so we can all love that during this uh expensive time of year expensive time of year that's what i was trying to say yeah yes um perfect so pick that up and we'll be reading that um over the next couple weeks and discussing it very soon yeah, so follow us on Instagram at Fingers Crossed Pod because that's where we're going to do like polls and questions and get your input on the book. So definitely be a part of the conversation and we're going to check in with you guys along the way as we're reading it and everything. So definitely don't want to miss that, but we're looking forward to it. So yay, book club. Woo-hoo! Book club, book club, book. Anyway, that's not the point of this episode. The point of this episode is to discuss holiday feel good stories and starting with that we're going to start with some stories that'll make you laugh because i have been on the edge of my seat since sierra told me that she was going to share some of her tree lot just a couple stories so nothing i don't have a ton like that that are too outlandish but i have one that's funny so do you guys remember when uh travis scott bought is it tyga or travis scott who's the one she's the kid with i'm i literally can't remember who's stormy's who's stormy's dad kylie travis scott that's travis scott yeah. She didn't have a kid with Tyga. I can't remember. No. Anyway, so Travis Scott bought Stormy a yellow school bus. Do you guys remember this? If you don't, if you're not up to date on Kardashian drama, then I applaud you. But the story is that Stormy Jenner, Kylie, and uh, what's his face? J- Travis Scott's daughter, Stormy, became obsessed with yellow school buses and so he bought her a yellow school bus so she could play on it because obviously Stormy is not going to be going to regular kids school, public school on a yellow school bus because she's too rich and famous for that. Did but you it, know that Kylie and Kendall went to school though? Like they went to normal high school. I think they might have dropped Kendall out. Kendall didn't. No, they, she dropped out and got her uh, diploma online. Right. But she did at some point. Like there was a point where they were both in like normal high school. Yeah. Maybe before they became like 
the mega famous that they are. But, they, but... it was while the Kardashians was filming. Because I remember this was back when I, because I'm like the same age as Kendall, we are. And I remember watching, I would watch it very specifically. Sorry, another tangent that's not relevant. But I would very <laughs> specifically watch the Kardashians when me and my friend Mary went to this gym in a different town. And they had like TVs on the treadmills and we thought it was so advanced. And we were like 15 or whatever, like watching, the. we would only watch the Kardashians. And it was specifically around Kendall's Sweet 16 party. Like I remember watching an episode about her Sweet 16 while we were there but i remember there was an episode where there was drama because kylie was like traveling and stuff and missing school and she felt stupid because she'd be in class and she didn't know the answers that other kids did and they made there's like a whole storyline about them being in school but then they did drop out eventually anyway sorry but that i'm not saying that that's gonna happen for stormy i don't know what her she's she's literally too famous but yes anyway so back to the reason why this story is relevant so all the people on the internet started like commenting and making fun of it being like, wow, imagine being so out of touch with regular people that your daughter's obsessed with the yellow school bus. So you buy her a yellow school bus to play on instead of like her going to public school. Like how out of touch are you? And it just kind of got me thinking about like, like celebrities playing regular people. Mm-hmm. And not that I know this celebrity is doing it for this effect. It could just be because they have a lot of money. But anyway, I, I'm not going to name who for their privacy, but a really like really big, really big celebrity at the tree lot. They organized a private order with our company to order one like 20 foot tree for their lobby inside their house. And then one like 20 foot tree for their like back, like I living you call their house a lobby. <laughs> Yeah, and then, or like a foyer, I guess is what you call yes, it. Kylie Jenner to the foyer. Yeah, so then she, is that from they, episode? it is. Yeah, it's oh, Chris Jenner. She, she uses their like intercom speaker to be like, oh, Kylie to the foyer. And then Kylie comes down and she's holding a pig. And then Kylie goes, Is that a chicken? It was like, so weird. I don't know. I don't know why I know the this. Early Kardashians is really just gold. Yeah, so anyway, back to the story. This celebrity also ordered like 25 full-size trees for their front yard because they and I was asking why and my manager was like oh because they wanted to recreate having a tree lot experience in their front yard and I was just thinking to myself like wow they they probably are just so famous that they can't actually go to a tree lot themselves and so instead they imagine if you were working and they rolled up though like you would go crazy I, I mean, it would be, in, I mean, yeah, and there's no way this person could be incognito. Like, yeah. there's just, it's impossible for this person. Not on brand. No, it's just like, you, they'd have to wear a literal paper bag over their <laughs> entire body. And they probably would, knowing that. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, anyway, it's a mystery to figure out who this is. But yeah, they ordered like 25 full-size trees to their front yard so they could recreate a tree lot experience in their front yard and bought Wild. thousands of thousands of dollars in trees. I'm not sure. Maybe that makes me feel kind of bad for them, honestly, because like there is something nice about just being able to go to a tree lot with your family and walk yeah, around like the cozy holiday. Yeah. And, like, get and... some hot cocoa. Um, but yeah. Did you so tell that... Sophie that story? No, I haven't. Oh, um, and I. <laughs> but also they uh, brought back, you know how they do the fresh cut at the bottom of their tree? Mm-hmm. The like where they cut off the little disc. They brought it back and gave it to me. And they're like, yeah, here's a so-and-so's a disc Aww. from their tree if you want it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I forgot it on the counter. Oh, well. Damn it. Anyway. <laughs> that would have been a great gift. <laughs> it would have been cool if it was like signed by them or something, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I don't think that would have been very there. professional. <laughs> so anyway. now... The crazy story. And that was just like a funny celebrity story because, you know, I have a bunch of like, you know, with Diplo last year and everything. So the weird story happened at my shift on when was my last shift? So it wasn't Saturday. It was on Friday. And it involves. okay. no, I thought it worked yesterday. I did. But that's not when it happened. It happened. It just doesn't matter. But so (laughs) how do I explain this? So I was at the front desk, you know, doing the or the the cashier counter, you know, checking people out or whatever. And these three people come in with a dog. And a lot of people bring their dogs to the tree lot because they're there with their family and they want to, you know, pick it. So that was totally it's a dog friendly area. Yeah, it's yeah. no problem. So I didn't think anything was weird about it. But then they asked one of the guys, like the guys wearing the flannels, you know, who help you haul the tree and stuff. They asked him like, hey, like, can you help us for a second? And of course, he's thinking like, oh, they need help with the trees. So he was like, yeah, what's up? And like, can you like help us with something with our dog really quick? And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, uh, I got to help people who are looking for trees. I can't. I'm really busy. And they're like, oh, OK. Um, is there someone else who can help us? Like either a customer or one of those girls over there? Like, 
a meaning customer. Me- right. That should have been my tip off at the first point. I'm like, that's really weird. Why would you need a customer or me and the other girl who are working at the front? And I was like, yeah, I have a few minutes. What do you need? Me thinking they're like, oh, can you hold the dog's leash so we can go take a picture in front of the photo back? Like, you know, that's what yeah. I was thinking, like something very something normal, normal. But then I walk over to them and there's quite a few people around, like milling around in our main, like, you know, walkway lobby area. And uh, they're like, we're doing a dog training exercise and we need to work on with our extremely aggressive dog. And we need to, like, get her used to strangers walking past her without her biting in at them. Hold on. And they want you to be the guinea pig. Right. And I'm literally standing there in my damn Santa hat, like, you know, working this tree lot. And I'm like, I should have just backed away then. My All my judgment told me, like, just back away now. Like, like be like, I'm sorry. Like, I can't do this. Go back to my desk. But no, I was like, I already said I would help. Like, I'm roped into this. Like, oh, God. so anyway, so I was like, okay, um, is she going to bite me? And then one of the people was like, well, we hope not. That's what we're going to hold on to her leash for. And I was like. <laughs> the frick like you hope not i should have just left right then but again i was like okay i'll just keep i'll walk at a far enough distance that like i think the amount of leash anyway and there are people around in them so i walk past i you know do the thing i just walk past this dog and nothing happens i'm like okay everything's great so then they're like can you just walk back now so I walk back. First of all, they're like commanding me to do these. Like I felt so like, what do you call it? Like, like kind of like um, embarrassed. Like, like, what do you, um, what's the word? I felt kind of exploited. That's what I did. Like, I, I'm not being paid to do this. I literally work at a tree lot and you're having me like be a, <laughs> like, like, train a your dog. guinea pig for your dog. So I walk past back and nothing happens. And I'm like, okay, I did that. And they're like, oh wait, just one more thing. And I'm like, Okay. And they're like, now just walk by a little bit closer so that you like break her personal space bubble and say her name. Be like, hey, Jackie. Hey, Jackie. No. I know. It's like so insulting but like and weird. But I, I, I don't know. I just something came over me. I think just I got I don't know. Whatever. I did it. So I walked close to this dog and I go, hey, Jackie. And the minute I speak, this dog turns around, lunges at me and starts going like I almost shit myself. Like I was so I like jumped back and there was a little girl and her mom who were there to pick out trees. And the little girl was maybe four and she screamed because obviously it was scary. And I was like to these people, I just got pissed because not on my behalf, but more for this little kid. Because I'm like, this is You're so inappropriate. Like, what are you doing? I know. So then I was like, okay, uh, we need to stop this. Like, we're scaring this kid. Like, I need to check out customers. I'm sorry, I have to go. So I went back to the counter and they were like, oh, okay. And they moved maybe two feet over to the side, like a little bit out of the way, but they were still standing there with their dog, like holding onto its collar. And were they like I, filming this or something? Like, no. They, so I check out this family and the little girl and I gave her this like sparkly snowflake wand that we had on the display just to like give it to her like as I'm sorry this dog terrorized you here's a toy. <laughs> um, And they checked him out and then they left. And then a lot of the people who were kind of milling about in the like, you know, checkout area had left and it was still those three people and their dog. They were still standing there. And I'm trying to look busy on my iPad like just were they typing. like shopping for trees or they're just standing there? They're not looking at anything. They are just standing there with their dog. So then I'm like trying to look busy. I'm like typing nonsense on the iPad, just pretending to look like I'm busy with something. And then the one woman comes back over to the counter and she's like, um, excuse me, can we go back to what we were doing? And I was like, no, (laughs) I literally was like, I'm sorry, ma'am. I don't feel comfortable with this. And she goes, oh, okay, too bad. And then she like walks away and then I hear her being like, should we like go ask a customer? And I literally was like, I don't think this is a good idea, guys. And so then they just, they walked into our parking lot and walked away down freaking Hollywood Boulevard. And I was like- Find more people to test their dogs. You didn't even buy anything? Like I was just blown away at how weird and exploitative and inappropriate that was and i think they probably just were walking down the street and they're trying to like socialize their dog with strangers so instead of actually doing it in a proper training facility they're just in going into public spaces and bothering people so that was my weird experience and i was telling it so when the evening 
cashier girl came in. I was like, you wouldn't believe what happened to me. Let me tell you the story. And she goes, oh my gosh, wow, that is really weird and exploitative. Sounds exactly like last week. And I was like, what happened last week? And she was like, well, this woman came in in like this tiny mini dress and super high heeled boots and like a ton of makeup. And she had a guy in army fatigues with her and they had a video camera and they came up to our employees, one of the guys on the tree lot and asked him to make a video of them so that they could film the soldier coming home and surprising her video in quotes because the guy was right there. Like, it was clearly not a surprise. It was staged. <laughs> it was staged. And she was, this is me telling what the girl was saying to me because I wasn't there. But she was like, yeah, so um, can you, uh, you know, film it from this angle? And I'm going to be like looking at the trees. And then he's going to like pop out from behind the trees and surprise me. And then I'm going to be crying. And so make sure you get this other angle of my face. And like asking for like three different takes of this video and apparently the the guy on the tree lot was just doing it was like filming it for them but all the other people around were like this is insanely cringe and fake and weird and then apparently the girl the like high heel boots girl went up to one of the the cashier girl who was telling me the story and was like do you mind like just walking by and then clapping as soon as he starts (laughs) hugging me and she was like no I'm not doing that so yeah I don't know why people think that tree lots are just a place to like get free labor for sorry it's just like people in LA though like that's something that would only happen in LA not the dog thing but the like wanting to film a viral soldier coming home and like staging it thing and like asking strangers and apparently she told the cashier girl that like She's like, oh, yeah, I have so many followers. Like, this is for my YouTube channel. People are going to love it. And she's like, I don't give a rat's ass about your channel. This is weird. Okay, so everyone look out for a viral TikTok or something. If you see a girl in high-heeled booties in a tree lot and a soldier that jumps out, just know, comment that it's staged. It was staged and it had like five and it was filmed by a lumberjack on the tree lot who is like, (laughs) just was roped into this. And it just justice uh, for the lumber you know i don't even know if they bought anything to be honest like same deal i don't even know if they bought a tree they just came there to use our space for free mm-hmm. and get a free camera person and free extras and i'm just over people being oh, dumb man. like that so anyway that was a fun experience but uh we've also had plenty of other really fun things with people buying trees and you know being nice and spreading holiday cheer and good times yeah somebody Great. spent $750 on a tree on Saturday to get on an, one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you have a tree that costs that much money? It was 12 feet tall and it was flocked in white and it was having rush delivery. Damn, that's a lot of money for a tree. Yes, yes, it is. I so. thought my $60 <laughs> online purchase was excessive for a tree. Yeah. But- Anyway, thank you People for sharing People don't stop those. at Christmas. Yeah, nothing like feel-good stories of exploitation at the holidays. Yep, that's the, uh, tis the season. We are going to share some of your stories. We got some DMs from you guys. We got some of our own stories that we collected. And I'm excited to read into these. I think this will be so cute. Okay, shall we begin? The first we one. shall is a DM that says, As a teenager and into my early 20s, I volunteered with a charity organization where we collected toys for disadvantaged kids for Christmas. Each year, we had a toy mass where people could bring toys to donate, and at the end, Santa would come to take them away. One year, the priest asked me to ring him mid-mass, and he answered and said, Oh no, there's a snowstorm in the North Pole, and Santa will not be here this year. The children attending started to get upset, but he told them it was okay. Santa will be around on Christmas Eve. After mass ended and people started getting ready to leave, bells started ringing and in came Santa. I'll never forget the looks on the kids' faces. Pure joy. Oh, so cute. And that like, was sent in by one of the listeners. Mm-hmm. Our listeners. Oh, that's so sweet. When they think that, I mean, that's just like a, I feel like that's not necessarily like a random act of kindness, but just like, you know, little Making things like magic. that were like, yeah. yeah, like making the kids like surprised that Santa's there and like bringing the joy and just making it a little more special for them is very cute. Um, do you have any stories actually of your own youth where something like that happened? Like a cute surprise or something? Because I'm just trying to think like that 
one time when I was staying at my uncle's house for Christmas, we would spend some Christmases there. Um, we don't have that much extended family that lived in the area. Like we didn't have any family in Oregon, but I had an aunt and uncle and a few cousins that lived in Washington. So sometimes we would drive up and go spend Christmas with them. And one year we were staying there and me and my cousin, who's like my same age, um, we were staying in the same room and we like heard they like made an effort. I'm trying to remember what exactly my uncle did, but he made an effort like in the middle of the night to like have jingle bells and like footsteps and like make the whole like Santa production. Mm. And he knew that we were awake. And so like we thought that Santa was there and he like, I feel like he literally went on the roof, like something like that, where he just went above oh and beyond. Gosh. Yeah. And made this like whole production out of it. And we were like, oh my God, it's Santa. Like it just made us so excited. And I don't know, just like little things like that. You know, I think like the ways that people, you know, make mm -hmm. the holidays special for kids or just go above and beyond. It's just cute. So yeah, that's my a very small story of my own. But I have one small story that comes to mind, but I may have told it last year. So sorry for being a story repeater. Um, but it was. Why are you an outfit repeater? Yeah, I know. Outfit repeater, story repeater, everything repeater. Um, <laughs> but I. We didn't play up the Santa thing a lot in my family. We did it a little bit. It was always like whatever was in your stocking was from Santa, but we never really played it up like it was a, an absolute truth. Like I found yeah. out Santa wasn't real when I was six because I asked my mom directly and she told me the truth. And yeah, I respect her for that. But I think I, so I was definitely before that happened. So I think I was maybe four or five and we had picked up my dad from the airport and uh, all of us had gone inside to the airport to get him. And there was a little, you know, those little like Hudson News, you know, airport stores. And one of them had a little bin full of like Beanie Baby Woodstock characters, you know, from Charlie Brown. So like Snoopy, Woodstock, Charlie Brown, whatever. And my brother and I love Charlie Brown. And he picked up a little Beanie Snoopy and I picked up a little Beanie Woodstock. And I remember like holding them and talking to him. And I was really little, like, yeah, four or five and being like, oh, I really love this. I really want it. I wish we could get it. You know, those kind of things, you know, that you say. And um, we ended up, you know, I think we told my mom that we liked them, but then she's like, no, we're not getting toys today. So we put them back. And then it was a few days before Christmas. And then somehow in my stocking on Christmas morning, there was the little Beanie Woodstock. And then he got the little Beanie Snoopy. Do you remember mm -hmm. the story? Did I tell yeah. this last year? Okay. Cute. Well, then I'm repeating it. But I was just at the time I was so blown away because I didn't know. I had no concept of how Santa would have known that. Like I, I had absolutely no idea. And like the fact that it was such a quick turnaround from the time that we saw it. And then it was in our stocking. I I literally thought it was magic. Yeah, so, exactly. So, I was like, that, this that is was definitely, cool. you take it as like proof that Santa's real. You're like, there's no other way that someone yeah. could have done it. Because I was like, I didn't tell, I didn't write a letter to Santa. I didn't tell him at the mall. Like, mm -hmm. he just knew. It's magic. So, yeah, that that was my, the one thing that comes to mind. I'm sure there are others, but, you know, that's the one time I remember truly believing was that morning. Mm -hmm. I'll read another story from one of our listeners. This one says, in November of 2018, the campfire rapidly destroyed most of the Northern California towns of Paradise and Magalia and surrounding areas. My cousin, her boyfriend, and baby lived in the area at that time, and thankfully they barely escaped with one carload of belongings and their dogs when many people didn't. They later found out that the home they owned, all of their belongings, and other vehicles were gone. I was in a CVS pharmacy line in the California town where I live, and a stranger, an older man behind me, started a random conversation. I was trying to be polite, but not much into the small talk. He starts talking about the recent fire up north, and so then I told him about my cousin and her story. Without hesitation, he pulled out a $100 bill and said he was a pastor of a local church and had been wanting to help in some way but didn't know how. He hands me the money and asks me to give it to her. I was completely shocked at this man's kindness and generosity, and I try to pass this man's kindness on when I hear about local people in need. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, like communities yeah. coming together, and that's really cute that he, you know, especially like firsthand wanting to help and how he said he didn't know how to help and like seeing that mm -hmm. I'm sure was very like gratifying for him too. I felt that before where I'm like, oh, I want to help with something, but I don't really know where where this is needed the most. Mm -hmm. um, a big thing that has been you know, when I have extra to give is I, I've donated to the Burbank Animal Shelter. And a reason for that is because that's the shelter that we got our cat Violet from. And if I haven't told the story about Violet, when she was 
She was uh, dropped at the shelter, surrendered by her former owner due to financial reasons. I don't Mm -hmm. know what else beyond that. But as soon as she was dropped off, they did her medical evaluation and realized that she needed like $1,200 worth of dental surgery, you know, which is, is, is a significant chunk of change. But because you know, all those animal shelters are nonprofits based on donations. They have a a sum of money that they use to take care of animals' medical needs, you know, like dental surgeries or eye surgeries or, you know, whatever else they need. Mm -hmm. And so the shelter paid for this whole surgery, which then allowed her to, you know, get healthier and get rid of the infection. And then she was able to be put up for adoption and we were able to adopt a healthy cat. And so... I have felt very much that like someone's donation paid for Violet's surgery, Mm -hmm. which allowed her to live and be the wonderful pet that I love so much. And so when I'm able to put forward extra, I know that it's going to like life-saving operations for other animals that are, you know, it's, it it very much feels like I'm, I'm, you know, I could, yeah, I couldn't help pay for this surgery for Violet. So now I'm going to help pay for some other animal surgeries. And, And last year, um, my family all got together and we donated like, I don't know, a few hundred dollars. Um, I asked them to help out and then I got it matched by Disney. So then they sent the same few hundred dollars. And then the Burbank Animal Shelter sent me a card that was like, thank you so much, your donation. And it was a picture of this dog, like a like a pit bull or something. It was like this dog needed to have one of her eyes removed because it was infected. And, you know, because of your donation, we were able to pay for their surgery. And now Aww. this dog's up for adoption and they're healthy. Yeah, you so know, you got and to like feel the, you know, sometimes you don't always get that, but that right. like, you know, that warm feeling of knowing that you actually, you know, made a difference in that dog's life and whoever adopted it and everything that's so cute and it's good to I feel like yeah start where you have personal connections or like have Mm -hmm. vested interest in what helped you out and how you could pay it forward to someone else who might need that same experience if you don't know like how to help or where to donate or anything like that this story is from the internet this says William Lynn Weaver shared with NPR an amazing story from his childhood in which his father treated a young stranger with remarkable kindness after finding one of the family's bikes stolen the pair tracked down the culprit only to find the 10-year-old boy tearfully hiding behind his grandfather, explaining that he just wanted something for Christmas. Returning home with the bike, Weaver's father began gathering coal and asked if the family had an extra set of wheels. Without a word, he returned to the thief's house, bike and coal in hand, and handed them over to the child, along with an extra $20. Merry Christmas, was all he said. I don't understand the coal concept. Maybe it's for, like, their fire? Oh, yeah, maybe. This might be an old story or something. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, that's so cute where instead of getting, like, upset because his bike was stolen or something, he saw that it was just a kid who, like, was felt that he had to do that. Yeah, you know? And, like, instead of just making him feel bad or, like, demanding that he apologize or anything, like, he just wanted to help him out and, like, gave him the bike and something more. I think that's really sweet. Well, it's yeah. like in it's that's like the premise of Les Mis in the beginning. Yeah. You know, he steals the silver candlesticks after this guy showed him generosity. And instead of sending yeah. him to the police, he gives him a second chance and says, you know, sell this, use it and change your life. And he does because someone showed him kindness when he didn't necessarily deserve it or like need it or needed it. But like, you know, could have easily made a different decision. Mm-hmm. So and I feel like that's so true. And I think a lot of times, like if you look at because a lot of times like crimes and things like that or you know small thievery or whatever is out of desperation you know it's out of someone not having something and it's not because they're just malicious and angry and have it out for you you know so I think like looking at it with a reprimanding lens and just making them feel bad isn't gonna help but like when you show them that generosity I mean obviously this can't work in every circumstance and sometimes someone steals your Amazon package and you never see them but you know what I mean just like (laughs) it depends on the circumstance but like having that compassion for them or trying to understand like where they're coming from I think can go a long way I have a, a one that I really like this is really sweet um this is from one of our listeners she said one year my now husband and I were saving to go on a trip We ended up deciding that the trip just wasn't in the cards for us that year, so we went about spending the money on fun stuff here and there, and then we ended up taking a big chunk of it and going to the Toys R Us, RIP, and buying what would have have been our dream toys as kids, and then we dropped them all off at a Toys for Tots collection. It's still one of my favorite Christmas memories almost 10 years later. Aww, that's so cute. I really like the idea of, you know, 
the dream toys you would have had as kids, you know, like not just picking out random stuff, but like stuff that really means something to you that like, I would have dreamed of having this, or this would have been so special because then, you know, you know, not only are you putting a special connection with it for yourself, but somebody else out there would, would dream of having it also. Right. If you're able to, you know, get somewhere where you're in a position to donate or something and using that to turn around and give it back in a way that you would have wanted or would have helped you also Mm -hmm. could have that impact on someone else. I really like that. This one says, last year, my uncle passed away on December 4th. My aunt, unsurprisingly, had no time or desire to really decorate for Christmas. She and my 11-year-old cousin came home one night to their house completely decorated with lights. Some of their friends took it upon themselves to decorate the house so they could have some Christmas cheer. They also dropped off a live Christmas tree and came over and put the lights on it. My aunt appreciated it so much. I thought it was such a thoughtful act of kindness. That's so sweet. When she's like in a time of grief and really like not, you know, Christmas is not the priority on her mind. Mm -hmm. Just having that little bit of like, I'm, we're thinking of you and we want to like give you this cheer, even if it doesn't, you know, make things better, but just kind of like brighten you up. And I don't know. I think that's really sweet. That actually just reminded me, I was trying to think of another time where I did something at Christmas that made me feel really good was uh, when I was a kid in Waldorf school. Um, I think we did this a couple years. We um, got, we always would sing, like all the kids were like part of choir and everything. So we learned a ton of Christmas songs and we went caroling mm-hmm. at um, like senior citizen homes multiple years and mm-hmm. like sang to senior citizens. And I remember just going door to door. Some of them couldn't even get out of bed, you know, but it was just, it was nice. They they all looked so happy, you know, and, and just like so you know, grateful that someone came to, you know, visit them and spread some holiday cheer. So mm-hmm. I think I would do that as an adult if I ever ended up in a situation like, you know, some casual choir or something. I, I really liked caroling. I'm so grateful. This is from one of our listeners. She said, I'm so grateful and lucky for this experience. The universe was truly looking out for me. I experienced a holiday miracle while working at Bed Bath & Beyond in my early 20s. One day while at work, I was helping a nice older man order gifts for his family We ended up chatting about the topic of him winning the lottery when he was younger and how every year he donates money to people in the area, whether he was at a gas station, grocery store, or local store in the southern Vermont area. As a young woman making minimum wage, I definitely could have used some extra money for gifts for my family. I had been thinking about how I was going to be able to afford gifts for my family members and my boyfriend that so deserved them. After helping... The man, he ended up thanking me for all the help and slipped me in a $100 bill. Stunned and trying to be polite, I immediately told him we couldn't accept tips, but he insisted that I take it. I was so extremely thankful and in disbelief. But then there's more. The next day while at work, he came back in again and thanked me again and told my manager how happy he was with my customer service. Afterwards, he gave me an envelope and ended up having an additional $400 in it. And then she sent a picture... Of the card that he sent. Aww. Let me see. It says her name, and then it says, Keep up the good work you are doing. You inspired me the other day. Aww, that's so cute. And then the card says, Embrace the beauty of the season and have a Merry Christmas. And then she said, This is the card that accompanied the $400. It truly was such an amazing, amazing thing for this man, practically a stranger, to be so generous and nice, and I ended up using all the money to buy special things for my family members. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's that's, that's like, like the perfect example of like, you know, someone's Christmas generosity. That's and he even yeah. came back. He came back the next day to do mm-hmm. more, which I think is so sweet. This one, this is an internet story, says Aisha Beasley's father Patrick had been in the doghouse for weeks for throwing out his wife's vintage Chicago Bears football jersey. When Patrick died suddenly in the lead up to Christmas, Aisha discovered within his closet a replacement for the jersey wrapped up and ready to give to his wife. Following his guidance, Aisha placed the jersey under the tree, surprising Mrs. Beasley in a heartfelt moment that would become viral. Apparently there's a video. But like, yeah, the mom was upset that he threw away her jersey or something. And then all along he had it like a replacement for her. And then he passed away and he couldn't give it to her. But that's That's really sweet. sweet. Yeah, like a reminder i'm gonna read the story of the pennies the one i talked about earlier this one said says many years ago when i was making 75 cents an hour my three children asked for bicycles for christmas but i couldn't afford them so that january i put three bikes on layaway i paid all throughout the year in increments but a week before christmas i still owed 14 dollars and 50 cents 
The Saturday before Christmas, my son Ricky asked how much I needed. When I told him, he asked if he could pour the pennies out of our penny jug that we kept. I said, son, I don't care, but I know there's not $14.50 worth of pennies in there. So Ricky poured them out and counted them and said, mom, there's $15.50 worth of pennies. I told him that was enough to count out $1 for gas and then $14.50 so I could go get the bikes. I've always thought of this as our little Christmas miracle, and it was the most blessed Christmas that anyone could have. Christmas miracles, I guess. Thank you. Oh, this one's really sweet. This one makes me tear up a little bit, actually. Okay, yes, sure. Oh, I'm having feelings. Feelings. This This one's called An Unlikely Angel. It was 1999, a few days after Christmas, a black dog with a little white around his face wandered onto the front porch and settled in as if he'd lived there all his life. Whenever anyone left the house to do chores or walk next door to my brother-in-law's house, the black dog followed. He'd patiently wait until we were done, follow us home, and lie down on the porch. Inside, the house was full of sadness and quiet conversation. My 91-year-old father-in-law was gravely ill. The family had gathered to see his care, to cook, and to welcome visitors because they were beloved members of the community. This curious visitor gave us something new to talk about, a wonderful distraction. Whose dog was he? Did someone drop him off along the road? Did he intend to stay? Either way, it would be dark soon and he would be cold. Um, Jim, the guy, sat in the rocking chair by the front window where he could watch the happy black dog's comings and goings. We called the radio station, the animal shelter, the newspaper, the sheriff, and several neighboring farms about a lost dog. Meanwhile, we made him comfortable on the porch with food, water, and a blanket. The days leading up to New Year brought no news, and we were all just content that our companion had stayed around. My father-in-law said he wanted to live long enough to see the new millennium, and he did. He passed away on January 2nd. That was the day that the black dog left. Then the the weather turned cold and snow fell every day for the rest of the winter, it seemed. Sometime later, we heard that the black dog was a rescued dog living with a family about a mile and a half away from our farm. They named him Bogart. The following summer, Bogart returned to see us again. When his owners came to pick him up, we told them about his angelic Christmas visit and how he had comforted our family with his cheerful companionship that we so needed. We wanted them to know how much he meant to us. Oh, that's really sweet. I think it's really sweet. It's like those stories, you know, like when a an elderly family member passes away and then like that's the day that like the clock, you know, stops or stops ticking in the, you know, the living room. Those kind of stories that just, I don't know, make you feel like something, you know, it's all connected. In December 2000, I was nine months pregnant and scheduled to be induced the next morning. My husband had to work very late that night so we could take a few days off for our baby's birth. For some reason, I was determined to get cookies baked and delivered to all our neighbors before heading to the hospital, so I trudged to the store to buy baking goods with my three-year-old, 20-month-old, and very large belly in tow, thinking of all I needed to accomplish that night. I was overwhelmed, to say the least. As we stood in the store looking for the supplies we needed, an elderly woman approached. She said hello and asked if she could give my children a gift. I agreed, expecting a little piece of candy. Instead, she pulled out a small homemade baby Jesus for each of them. Tears strung my eyes, and I thanked her. Her kindness made my to-do list feel manageable. We still have those little dolls and remember the the kindness of this sweet stranger each Christmas. During the hustle and bustle of Christmas in 1958, we told our children, ages three and four, about the beautiful Christmas tree we would have in a few days. On Christmas Eve, at the bakery we had recently purchased, we counted the receipts, cleaned the shop, and headed home with our two sleepy children. Suddenly, we remembered that we had not yet gotten a tree. We looked for a vendor who might have a tree left, and there was none available. About a mile from our house, we stopped for a red light. Suddenly, a gust of wind blew, and something hit the front of our truck. My husband went out to investigate. The next thing I knew, my husband was throwing a good-sized evergreen tree into the back of the truck. He went into the mom-and-pop shop at the corner where we were and asked the proprietor how much he wanted for the tree. He said he wasn't selling any Christmas trees that year. So to us, it was a Christmas miracle. We never found out how the tree got in the middle of the road, but somehow we feel like we know. Incidentally, it was the most beautiful tree we had ever had. Oh, wait, that's so cute. A Christmas miracle. Just like getting hit in the middle of the road by a tree that could otherwise damage the front of your car. But, you know, in this time, it was for the best. (laughs) It all worked out in the end. Okay, this one says, This year has been an incredibly rough year for our family. Only Our only vehicle was totaled in an accident, and my toddler and husband have had medical expenses right and left. 
Most recently, we've had some fairly discouraging diagnoses, leaving my husband's work unwilling to work with us. Behind on all our bills, I found I was completely out of diapers and had no idea how we were going to be able to afford them. Toddler in arm, I went to the store praying for help to purchase this much-needed item. While heading to the checkout, a young lady walked up to me, extended a gift card, and told me I felt inspired that you really needed this. There's $25 on this card. I was able to breathe a heartfelt thank you before she vanished. In that moment, as now, tears welling up in my eyes in ineffable gratitude for the sincere act of love and kindness in true form with the Christmas spirit. But yeah, just Aww. so sweet that like she needed something in that moment to help her out because she was like on her last leg. And a stranger was just like, I felt like you needed this and gave her a gift yeah. card. Like, that's so sweet. So here's another one that's like a tree miracle, but this one's really cute. It says, in the late 1940s, we were living in a little country town called Monte Vista near San Jose, California. Dad worked on and off, so we were generally low on money, but this particular year we had no funds for a Christmas tree. The tradition my mom loved the most was decorating the tree, which always stood in a place of honor in our living room. Come Thanksgiving, she would start dragging out boxes filled with all kinds of decorations. Mom was almost in mourning about not having a tree that year. We tried to cheer her up, but nothing seemed to work. A few days before Christmas, we awoke to an ecstatic mother singing Christmas carols and looking for all the decorations. Mom, I asked her, why are you so happy all of a sudden? She said, look what happened. I went out to the back porch with her, and a gigantic tumbleweed had blown up against the garage door in the middle of the night. But my mom didn't see a tumbleweed. She saw a Christmas tree. We couldn't get it through the front or back doors, so we opened up the French doors on the side of the house and brought the tree in that way. Somehow the two of us got, a, got it fastened to the Christmas tree stand and we set it up in the living room. Then we sat down at the dining room table and began to cut strips of construction paper, gluing the ends together to, to form a bright chain of colors. My mom made popcorn for us to string together with needles and thread. The branches of the tumbleweed were much too brittle to support lights, so we just tied one string close to the trunk where the lights would shine upward. We all stood back and looked at our tree, and my mom began to cry. And I know that it was one of the best Christmas memories that I've ever had. Oh, that's so cute. A tumbleweed I love tree. the Christmas tumbleweed. Yeah. I like want to Google it. There's probably not a picture of that, but I want to see like what a <laughs> Christmas tumbleweed would look like. Yeah, that's really cute. Okay, this one says, The postman lifted us from depression. My parents, at the height of the Great Depression, were forced to go on home relief, which is known as welfare today. It was 1935. We lived on the first floor of a walk-up apartment on 43rd Street in Brooklyn. A few days before Christmas, I looked out a window to see my father sitting on the stoop, dejected and depressed, with tears in his eyes. The mailman was approaching our building and asked my father what was wrong. I heard my father say that he had used up his food vouchers and that rent was past due. He had tried to work as a laborer through the Works Progress Administration, but he wasn't a very strong man and the work had been too hard for him. I was scared, having seen newspaper pictures of people being put out on the street with all their belongings. Ike, how much do you need? The mailman asked. My dad said he needed $33 for the rent, and without hesitation, the mailman took $50 from his wallet and handed it to my father. My dad said, I don't know when I'll be able to pay you back. The mailman put an arm around my father and said it would be okay if he paid him back or he didn't pay him back. The mailman noticed me looking through the window and said, Isaac, things will not be this way forever. If you or your son will remember this day, there will be times in the future when someone needs your help. Help them within your means and tell them what happened this day. This will be my payback. Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. As long as he lived, my father helped others when he could, and I've done my best to do my part in paying his generosity back. Oh, very sweet. Yeah, definitely the pay it forward kind of spirit there. My eyes are sweating. <laughs> Someone uh, cutting onions in my studio. It's uh, like the moment of the Grinch when his heart finally grows. Yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> anyway, oh, those are just some that's a good one to end holiday on. feel good stories. Yes. And just like yeah. a little help can go a long way for people. So what are you going to do to spread the whole, what are you going to do to start the payoff forward, Christy? You going to buy someone know. Starbucks today? What am I going to do? I don't have a drive through as a thing. I feel like it doesn't really work mm. very well in person. Just announce when you're in line, <laughs> I'm paying for their drink too. And they haven't even ordered yet. And yeah, they're like, okay, seriously. I'm going to get everything on the menu. Uh, I don't know. I feel like also sometimes you can't like plan these things. Like you just have to kind of stumble upon it or like, yeah, you know, feel moment. it out. Yeah. And see like what people need or like where you could be of help to someone like mm -hmm. that you don't expect so anyway 
hope you all enjoyed listening to these stories. My heart is warm. My yeah. holiday cheer is going. <laughs> Feeling all the feelings. But I hope you have a wonderful holiday. If you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Merry I mean, Christmas. Happy happened, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa. I hope, yes. I hope it was great before. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for listening and for being with us this holiday. We are grateful for you and you are a gift to all. All of you are a gift to us. That's what I was trying to say. Yes. Um, and I hope you have a wonderful new year and we will be back on the 28th, Tuesday, as usual, with another episode. And we are excited to get into kind of summing up this year and discussing our, you know, wins and losses and our resolutions for next year. That's kind of one of our favorite things to do. It's all about that personal growth, baby. <laughs> so we'll be back with that soon. Okay. Thank you for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you next week. Bye. Keep your fingers crossed. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho.